Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. So good to have you with us. Today, we've got a great show because we're running into a problem that I think uh, a lot of people have. Now, of course, I've never had this problem, but you know, you haven't probably either, but a lot of people in your life do. Here's the problem. Have you ever fought with somebody just so you could be right, and you kept the argument going and going, but the whole goal, it was no longer even pertinent, relevant, or important. All that mattered was that you were right. Have you ever done that? That's the topic of today's show, being right versus being happy. We're going to give you some tools on that today. Remember, the goal of the show is to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life, give you some tools, some insights, some ideas and really trying to help you grow a healthier, happier life. That's the goal. Hey, kids, welcome to the show, you two. I'm just looking at you two oh, like thanks. my two little daughters, just sitting here watching Daddy do the news. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like, I don't think I've ever had you both sit so close. I We're feel, friends. What is this daughter, say? Daddy, Daughter Day at the radio show? Matt has a problem if I get it within like two feet of him. Have you ever He's noticed, like Jess, shaking that, right now. well, you always get in everyone's space, like you're a close talker. Have you ever seen Seinfeld, the close talker? Was it no, Seinfeld? No, I haven't, but it You like get in the personal space. It doesn't okay. sound like me. No, it doesn't. You're fine. You are not a problem. If you test it, I'm just going to... No. You're not going to be able to see it, but I'm going to get in your comfort zone if you You'll know. Me. You'll know when she's in my comfort <laughs> zone. Because I will be because, right and uh-huh. happy. That's how I roll. Is that how you roll? <laughs> You're going to be right and happy. Why dichotomize? I want both. <laughs> it's a big deal. A lot of people would just, you know, they're just, some people are just, they got to be right. They're fighters. Are you guys like that? Only about some things. Like I'm, I'm definitely not a person who needs to be right in everything, though. But like movies, I bet you Movies? Do. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Movies and cooking. I once had somebody try to tell me that a shallot was not what a shallot is, and that was something that Ooh. no, but a shallot. You had a shallot standoff. So, what happened? Did you guys, did you hit her? Uh, did you hit her? No, I just made a face and was like, "What um, does the shallot face it, look but like?" I'm right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Neener, neener. Yeah. Basically. See, that's the difference with today's day and age. You can just Google it. It's true. And just put and everything so, to rest. It was comforting to know that. No matter what, even though this person was like, that's not what a shallot is, I could say. Did they think a shallot was a scallop? What were they thinking? I am. I think they were saying it was like closer to celery, but a shallot is a kind of onion. It's an onion. It's related to it's an, an onion. onion. Yes. So. Of course, I knew that. There you go. Like, yeah. yeah. See, back in my day, we didn't have the interweb, so you had to fight. Unless somebody wanted to go find an encyclopedia. What? Don't make me get out the Great Britannica. <laughs> and then you have to grab the I'll Great Britannica. I have to Britannica. go to the library and no. It's a different time. Um, but I think we've always fought to be right, right? I mean, isn't that what humans do? A little bit. So what have you, you've been researching this, Merit? I have. Of course, because you're our little. Because I am a researcher. You're the encyclopedia. Well, and see, here's the, maybe that's it. Maybe the reason I research things is so I can be right. I definitely like to feel validated. That's it. I don't know if it's like being right. You know you're smarter than the rest great. of us in this room, right? This second. You know that. Um, can you know I that. say no comment and then just 
keep my... No, but see, just socially, you're supposed to say, no, you guys, I'm not. <laughs> no, totally. And then you shake your head, and you're supposed to tilt it just like you did. You tilted your head <laughs> perfectly. Tilted. Good. It's I also the... adopted my Valley Girl voice that I feel like that usually helps. Yes. <laughs> is that the Idaho Valley voice? <laughs> the Idaho Valley or is voice. That, there is yeah. an Idaho voice, but it was more of a Valley Girl. Okay. I don't know. I like it. Anyway. Like it. What'd you learn? What I need learned. Need to be right. So, the need to be right is something that is so deep in our culture. Everybody kind of has this intrinsic need. Even if you're a more passive person, there's mm-hmm. some part of you who would rather be right than anything else. Than happy, content, able to sleep <laughs> yeah, in a family. Exactly. Married. And you just think of that. Think of a time when you were just so sure you were spot on about something. Yeah. It could be anything. This can go beyond relationships. This could go like say a professor grades something and I, I have – friends who have done that before where they're like i am so sure i should have had that point on paper and give me that point and they go in and they have to fight that point exactly and so it could be that it could just be you know your need to win a game on Uh, your phone (laughs) on your own phone yes i have a friend who will stay it's like she gets really frustrated with it if she can't win the level then she can't stop playing the game oh are you serious yeah and i'm like you need to calm down oh see candy crush is not that Uh, important yeah it's candy crush (laughs) Really? I mean, that is, you got to go to bed. See, I if I can't win, I can just, I'll just, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And see, the thing is, being right is, it's kind of rooted in our education system. So mm, the fact is, is yeah. yeah, is that when you are going through school when you're younger, the whole idea is to have the right answer. Not test questions yeah. or to learn things. It's to have the right answer. Yes. You need to get the right answer for the test. You oh, need yeah. to win the debate. You need to it's, – it's all about being right. It's right. not about exploring, working out things together. And so consequently – oh, another way it's in the media too is uh, news and all of our broadcasting a lot of the time. If you like turn on – Oh. You know, and they're debating. It's not necessarily that they're listening to no. each other. It's competing to be right. All the politics. Yes. All of that is about who's right. Well, and not even that, but just if you go, I mean, look at tabloids. Is it really about those people and their concerns or is it about whose team you're on for this particular breakup or, you know, oh, it's, so... yeah, it's not even just politics. It goes beyond into, you know, personal relationships, whether yeah. or not you think a fashion statement is the good thing to do or, you know. Well, I mean, even that, like after the uh, Academy Awards, they're judging everyone's clothes oh, like there's yeah. the right and thing to wear. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I don't enjoy that. Like, Let me ask Mike pictures. on this. Hey, Mike, in the junior pageant world, uh, do people get that into what people wear? Uh, again, Mike Pond has a history no longer in the involved in the pageant world, but historically. Well, I did a I did MC you, you, you judged. competition. Have you right? judged a competition? No, I was not a judge. I was just the master of ceremonies. Okay. But it was interesting because uh, they were so concerned about the the elements of the competition that were not being judged, like how their hair was done, oh, the makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about the routine and, and how yeah. they stick and land the right. things. It has nothing to Genius. do with what they're wearing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's but, the routine. Oh, yeah. The parents are so into it. Yeah. It's, it, it, uh, it blew my mind. Now, is that why um, you still to this day have clothing with sequins on it? No comment. <laughs> anyway, while we're thinking about this, a, a funny story came to mind. I'd like to confess on air what? that uh, in one of my classes that I was taking, the teacher asked us uh, how fast Usain Bolt was. And I raised my hand and I said the answer. And then it well, turned what out. What is the answer? Well, the answer is, I think, 23 miles an hour. But I said 25. Somebody looked it up on Wikipedia. So I went to Wikipedia and I changed it to what I said. And I said, look again. <laughs> 
And uh, they get, oh, okay. Uh, you yeah, are... can we say prime example? That's a great example. So, right. so I'm really, on anything else. Mike, you are somebody that has to be right. Even well, if no, you're no, it's just that lying. one time. I've repented. I'm done. Okay, okay. okay. Moving on. Sure. But that's sad. But, now uh, he's being right about how see, often he's right. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so kind of an interesting thing. We're all totally inundated with the need to be right and this can cause a lot of problems because yeah. when you are caught up in an argument you I mean your pulse quickens it's an excitement thing and you kind of lose control of mm-hmm. the part of your brain that you really well, it's need. almost like you're now dueling you're like you're in a fight yeah it doesn't have to do with listening anymore right. it has to do with competition yeah game and on. so it's just in our, in our competitive cultures that's something that is well, so what happens in a common. room full of 20 people that are all have to be right? Yeah, exactly. I it's guess that's Congress. Louder, is that Congress? And eventually there's violence. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Anyway, so and the more you try to be right, the more we turn off our receptive capabilities. So the more I'm trying to assert myself over the other person, the more the other person backs away, is afraid. And so that person just keeps being right and the other person just keeps being put down. And so yeah. you never actually get to a solution. Game on. And then someone gets hurt. We lose an eye. Exactly. An arm. Or an arm. So the interesting thing about this is that there is a lot of neurochemistry type things going on when this is happening. So uh, when you are trying to convince everybody that you're right, you push yourself into overdrive to do it, your brain is completely hijacked. And the functions that keep your brain working in the way it should stop working. So the functions that help you with advanced thought processes like strategy or trust or compassion or empathy, those shut down. Yeah. And you, you don't kind of need go them. into like this wild yeah. mode where your, emotion takes over. Yeah, right. your amygdala starts working. By the way, do you the know? Instincts. Do you know the, there is a there's a sign that the moment that's happening. Do you know what the sign is? No. If you listen closely, you'll hear this sound. Hi-ya! <laughs> that's the sound. <laughs> when you hear that sound, you're being taken over. That's and it's, it's usually then someone starts breaking out a judo move. <laughs> it's serious. Okay. Just don't look that at me that from way. A doctor. It's totally true. I'm a PhD. <laughs> I, but I can think back to, to. Have you heard that sound? I have. <laughs> but in an argument, when all of a sudden the argument starts to lose its logic, uh, and yeah. it's you're, yeah. there's a point, and you're just yeah. like, okay, okay, yeah. I, I see what it, That's what's it. happened. Or in any time that someone says your mother and brings your mother into the argument, <laughs> yeah. and now we're invoking your mom. Sudden, yeah, it's... yeah, there's another sign. Yeah, that that so... is so true, though. Like when an argument turns where you start, instead of it being like actually based on yeah. logic, logic, that you start just attacking uh-huh. the other individual, yeah. and it's just like, well, you're stupid. You don't know oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, you bring and in other things that's like that. Yeah. Well, exactly. and that's, that's the instinct part of our brain coming over. It's the amygdala. It's this we're kind of free, wild part yeah. where it's we're like free fighting to survive instead yeah. of like actually being humans and using the advanced That's one of the girl fights. That's the girl fight. Girls' fights are scary. They're weird man. because, like, everything's free. Game. Yeah. It's like, true. they'll grab hair. Something that had been 10 <laughs> years yeah. ago. Yeah. See, guys kind of have a little, code, a little code, a little broken, yeah. but yeah. no. Um, so, and also, when you win an argument, your brain gets flooded with really happy things uh, like adrenaline schooler. and dopamine. Yeah, and dopamine is a drug. Happy yeah, drug. It is makes a you drug. dopey. And so, the more you participate in that, and the more you're like, okay, I really want to be right about this, whether it's about your, it could start with your ego or your insecurities. In the end, what it turns into is it's about the dopamine. That's is it. Is that it feels good yep. to win an argument. And in that sense, being right is an addiction. You're an, you're an addict. Yeah. So, you're now being, you're, it's paying off to have a fight 
and to destroy the other even yeah. if that person's your partner uh-huh. and you vowed your life to them. Yeah, when you're so addicted to the dopamine response, mm-hmm. you don't remember the effects that that has on the people around you. So say you're sitting there with your spouse and you're just wanting to be right and right and right, you get a positive reaction from that because you get the dopamine yeah. release when you win, when you're yeah. triumphant. The other person not only has to deal with you arguing but gets – it's yeah. bad for them. Well, then they're always a loser because if you're really good at this. Yeah, and not only that, but they're they're also you're not noticing them or participating mm-hmm. in them. It's all it becomes all about a person. Yes. And their need. See? This is dangerous. Yeah. But Are you guys learning this? Yeah. Okay. Jess, I'm looking at you cuz you're the most recently <laughs> married. This is this is love fest. 2014. Yeah, I've seen this a few times. Have you? And, and your neighbors. Well, okay, it's actually kind of like still in progress. <laughs> like oh, yeah. like no, I'm learning these things, That's good. but like to actually do them is a different story. You know, one thing that you you don't have to go all the way to the fight in the dopamine. You could just go kiss him. In the middle of the fight when he's yapping and wanting to crush you, just just push press your finger up against his lips. <laughs> press it up against his lips and then take three steps in and kiss him. And you'll do the same. He'll get the same dopamine push. Yeah, and he'll get a bunch of other chemicals. Like, there's better ways to get dopamine. And he'll pretty much forget what he was fighting about. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. maybe But you get the kiss has to last about seven seconds. Here's our problem, Doctor. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here. I want to say Doctor Phil, but no, just you could. It wouldn't. I wouldn't answer. Oh, you wouldn't answer. (laughs) Plus, I have hair. Doctor Townsend. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. You like that? Say it again. Doctor Townsend. Okay, let's move on. Well, just one more time. That's how I say it to my dad. Dad. Dr. Townsend. See, I like that. Um, okay, here's our problem is so we fight, we get in an argument, and when I grew up, me and my sisters would fight, and when we would fight, I would just back off and yeah. be like, I see that this is unproductive. So we would call you the withdrawer. You win. Right. So so now we I just you know, you I'm just in want this to naturally limbo. withdraw. I just want to withdraw. But he he's, he's like, no. like literally said to me. I want you to fight with me. I want yeah. you to give your opinions and duke it out yeah. so that we can get past this. And okay, see, that's interesting. See, that's semi-healthy right there. I don't like it. You see, you're conflict like, avoided. You win. Mm-hmm. You all, you win every time. Yeah, so you can't do that. The moon is red if you well, want. See, so what, what ends up happening, <laughs> we become a fighter or a flighter. So once that chemistry gets engaged, you either want to fight or flight. One of the things, and you just have a habit of choosing the flight. Well, Now, I, if, you don't, if you're not I careful, he'll benefits. always choose the fight. Yeah, but I see benefits in withdrawing. But he's telling me that there's not. Well, the, so there really is no long-term it. benefit because especially you'll never solve a problem. So wouldn't it be better if we could have the problem stay there? And that's what we're going to learn today. How to have the problem stay there where he doesn't bring so much intensity that you're unsafe, that you got to flee, and you don't flee. So the rule is basically he needs to shut his caker <laughs> and you need to stay put. And if he'll slow down his intensity and you stay present – and then we just talk, which sense. is what we'll learn today, I bet. Is that what we're learning today, Matt? Yeah, definitely. No, um, by the way, don't tell him I said to shut his caker. <laughs> tell him Mike Pond said that. <laughs> yeah, shut Always. it. Shut your caker. We'll just, we'll I, I want to give a shout out to, you know, single people. And other, this is where this is applicable in other situations, like with coworkers. Parking or, tickets. Or friend, exactly, you know, figures of authority. You know, the seven-second kiss isn't really going to work out. What am I supposed <laughs> to do no, Mike, if we get in a fight, Mike, Matt? have you tried it? You know, I would love to. It's... Try it with the meter maid or the meter man. <laughs> try it. Just try it. All right. I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll I promise you, if you lay a kiss on the guy giving you a ticket, 
something different's going to happen. <laughs> something something you haven't anticipated. You'll get oh, another dear. ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't have all the answers, Mike, but the seven second kiss, it works most of the time. To well, change the game. Is there anything that we can add to our toolbox, our arsenal? For the singles? The, yeah, other than the kiss? Well, here's one thing. Yeah, Merit. Um, so dopamine gives you that happy feeling, yeah, right? Totally. But there's another chemical in your brain yes. that gives you a happy feeling as well, and that's called oxytocin. Yes. And that chemical comes when you have a human connection. And Hug. it actually opens up the part of your brain that leads you to deeper thinking and yep. strategy and, and there's you know, ways all to get oxy- you need. There's ways to get oxytocin. Mm-hmm. A hug. The kiss. A really good communication, a really good conversation for females. It doesn't usually work for males. We, our brain doesn't usually feed oxytocin that way. Uh, intimacy, or if you're going to feed your child, there's, there's a bunch of ways. <laughs> what about a nice handshake? You could give a handshake, but make it warm, and I'd try to go longer so that the dopamine receptors. Yeah, don't lick your hand and do it. Just shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But see, but not you can just focus on building that conversation because the minute you can yeah. scale yeah. it down and give the conversation that you can you can be yeah. happy to get your oxytocin instead. An- another way you could just do it somehow you could just override the emotion and not even replace it necessarily with another emotion, but like take a take deep breaths, go to that happy place, sing a <gasps> hymn, take control <sighs> of your thoughts again. Yeah. Well, and I also think that if you can just like. You kind of step outside of the conversation and just realize that your value is not in any way linked to that conversation. Mm-hmm. And That's so, so hard to do, it, though. No, it really is. It How really it is. is. It's because you're an alpha male. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> if you weren't an alpha male, this wouldn't be a problem. You just walk away and say, thank you, kind sir, for the ticket. I will so appreciate it. And I will. Can, you want to guys want to go to dinner? Do you, you want to go see my family? Hug. And then you hug him. Then I get another ticket. It's a, it's a big deal. But see, we're going to get it. The whole show is about how we're going to handle this. And we've got a wonderful guest coming up later to teach us, walk us through how to get over the need to be right, how to manage our emotion as well, too. Plus, we've got, um, we've got a great game at the end of the show that Jess has put together. If, you know, if she's still around, maybe she'll be fighting or something on the phone. Uh, good stuff. We're going to take a break. We're coming right back again. Today's show, Being Right versus Being Happy. How to, how to create a healthier, happier relationships. How to find the good in life. That is the purpose of this show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're talking about being right versus being happy, and uh, which is a wonderful, uh, I guess, normal problem to have. It's not a wonderful, it's a fairly normal problem where we're going to argue to be right no matter what. And our own uh, Jessica Littlefield has been... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> has been um, researching and doing some extensive research on questions to ask before you get married because there's some things you don't know, like money. Like, you know, are you going to tru- trust your partner with the money situation? And you don't know that when you're dating because you're not sharing money. But when you, once you get married, money becomes a big deal. Big deal. Now, here's a question just right up front. Should I even believe what your answer is? So if I'm dating you and I say, <laughs> so tell me... Tell me about, you know, money. How do you like to spend money and stuff like that? Don't you think in the end I won't know what to believe still? Well, at some point you're going to have to be like, 
you're they're gonna have to live up to what whatever they say, and yeah. you might want to bring that up. Like, yeah, so maybe out like, of video, this is coming up really this. fast. So I, you need to answer these seriously because that's good. This is gonna be our life. No, this isn't. These aren't weeks. questions that you. This isn't because you just got married and now you you wish you had asked these questions. You asked these questions before you got married. No. <laughs> Ish. Uh, okay, actually, not. no, I didn't. And as I was reading this list, I was like, huh, well, oh, I guess I can ask question. it now. Well, let's get to <laughs> So them. if you're married, you can still ask these questions. So these are the questions. So if you're a parent and you have a child getting married uh, or if you are about to get married or you're dating anyone seriously, these are the questions you should be asking. Right. Because someday down the line, these are going to. You're going to get squashed by these, or you're, these will set you free. Yeah, so be right now and be happy later. This will be good. Okay. I'm going to just – there's a lot of them, so I'm going to go through a yeah. few of them. Just category. You can talk okay. about any – That's great. So this is uh, the romance and love okay. section. Okay, so this is about how how our love and romance what, – what are, what's expected? How are expected? we going to function? Yeah. So if we eliminated physical attraction from our relationship, what would be left? What? It's true. That was, that's a great question. Yeah. Okay. What is the best way for me to show that I love you? Hmm. If I put on weight, how would that affect our relationship? Right. What do I do that causes you to question my love? What would our relationship how would our relationship be affected if we couldn't have children? And do you think being in love means uh-huh. one, never having to say you're sorry, two, always having to say you're sorry, three, knowing when to say you're sorry, or four being the first to say, I'm sorry. See, those are great questions. Yeah. Because every one of that, that's a date. You should ask one of those every date. Yeah, that's a good and idea. And then that's about a 10-minute conversation yeah. or 20, or then that's the fight where you break up. Yeah. Well, and think of how much these really are going to affect your life. Well, like, yeah. well, now watch. What if I have to be right? And what if I say being right means you never have to say you're sorry? I mean, being in love means you never yeah. have to say you're sorry. And the other one's like, no, if you're in love, you'll say you're sorry first. Yeah, that could be a fight, and if we're going to go for that instead of being happy and together, boom, it's over. But kind, if you talk about these, it's not going to be as big of a deal. I agree. You know, you can be like, "Oh, they they think that they have to be right every time." You this know, is and great. that gives, okay. This is great. Next, give the, us more the past. Oh, I mean, like my personal past, your personal past, their personal okay. past. You got to know about them. Yeah. So. Which childhood experiences influence your behavior and attitude the most? Yeah. Could any feelings of affection and romance be revived if you met a previous boyfriend or girlfriend, even though you feel strongly committed to me? That's a big one. That's a great question. Is there anything in your past I should be aware of? Mm-hmm. Kind of general. Have you ever committed all? a felony? Yeah, that's, that's a good that, one. That actually was on yeah. there, but I was like, Have I you ever feel buried like a body? <laughs> Stuff like that. Um. Was there ever abuse in your family that could affect that, your relationship a lot? Seriously, huge question. Yeah. Very good question. And you don't think of that when you're mm-hmm. engaged to someone. No, but that becomes a big issue down the road. Right. Great. Have question. you ever been able to overcome a bad habit and what was it? That's interesting. Have you ever had an addiction? Yeah. Good. And have you ever been violent in your past relationships? Now these like like you yeah. said someone would want to kind of lie about yeah. those, but but you know, it's going to be obvious. Well, I guess too. Part of this is there's a great quote that says, "You cannot not communicate." So if you ask me this question yeah. and how I communicate, well, I mean, not violent. I mean, I mean, I mean, like not I have, violent. I, I mean, the, the court said it was violence, <laughs> but it wasn't that violent. Yeah. I mean, that's 
It's just information. All of this is information. It's not to make or break. It's just to understand. Yeah. And and like like with the sorry question, if you know how they feel about the sorry, yeah. you know, That's great. then you know. I love okay. it. These are good. Thanks. We'll keep going then. Keep going. Trust. Trust. I'm way ahead of you. (laughs) Okay. Um, Have there been times when you were uncomfortable with the way I behaved with the opposite sex? That came Mm. up with mine. What do I do now or what could I do in the future that would make you mistrust me? Would you be comfortable transferring all your money into my bank account? That was the one we brought up. Who comes first, your spouse or your children? Is trust automatic until something occurs that takes it away or does it evolve over time? Love it. And do you trust me with money? Love that question. Um, That's great. And can I give you some advice to everyone that's listening? Not you. (laughs) I'm not a big believer that you should tell somebody what you wouldn't trust them for. Hmm, Why? Because um, I may introduce an idea that has never been thought of. That would then make it so we now know, I I guess what I would say is, this is what I, this is what concerns me sometimes about me trusting you with another person. This is my concern. But I might not ever say, if you ever, ever, ever do this, we're done. I don't think you should ever draw that Hmm, boundary. I like that. Because A, the minute you've said it, then you're obligated to to hold yourself to it. Even if you don't want to, you shouldn't, you don't need to, it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be there just because you said it five years ago. Yeah. Or B, you may introduce, oh, so I can do everything up to there. Right. Oh, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Well, that's great. I mean, your boundaries aren't very big. That's That's a good point. So I just don't think you save a marriage by talking about what's broken, if that makes sense. You save a marriage by talking about what you want to see. Okay, give us a few more. We got to go. Okay, these are for the future. Do how children. are we different? Children. Oh, you want to do children? Okay. Um, how long should we wait before we have kids? Uh. Um, if we're unable to, are you open to adoption? Other than formal schooling, what types of education will our children get? Um, do you anticipate raising our children the same as you were raised, completely different from the way you were raised, or a mixture of both of ours? Great. What types of discipline would you implement to correct a child's behavior? Yes. <laughs> and other than, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, yeah. How are we going to care for the child? Are, are you planning, should one of us stay home and take care oh, yeah, of the child was, yep. through adulthood yep. or whatever? Stay at home. Hmm. Questions. And again, you don't have to, these don't have to start fights. If these start fights, then you need to listen to our next guest, Kanye Daly. Yeah. She's going to be teaching Kanye Daly is going to be teaching us what to do instead of turning it into an either or fight or flight thing. We just have a talk. And like with Dallin, you just press your finger on his lips and say <laughs> shh. Shut your caker. And then he he lowers the pressure and intensity of fixing it and you promise to stay. So you just need to tell him, I will stay present. Just don't be aggressive and scare me. You just stay present. And, everyone, I like and that. we'll talk That'll it through. Be good. And then you hold his hand and you kiss him. You do the kiss. I, any excuse kiss. kiss, I'm in. It works. Wow, <laughs> that's easy. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're coming right back. Today we're talking being right versus being happy. Kanya Daly will be joining us uh, via the phone, and she's going to help us work out how to communicate through these issues. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, your life coach, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, helping you find the good life. That is the goal of our program. And today we're on it. We are we're in the vein. That sounds weird. Medical term. We're in. We're in the vein. We are in a very important area of relationships where we have to deal with our differences, right? People are different. And in our differences, um, sometimes we don't, we're not always open to hearing all of the ideas that our partner that w- or our friends and the people we deal with that they may want to share. Instead, we are going to go with our way or the highway. Would you rather be right or be happy? And again, it doesn't always have to dichotomize. Maybe you could be right and happy. And sometimes we put each other in a position where people walk away and they're like, whatever, you have to be right, whatever. So we decided to bring in a pro who's going to walk us through this and give us some tools to handle this concept. Kanya Daly's joining us. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist with a private practice in, in Paoli, Paoli, Pennsylvania. She's a relationship expert. She's done a lot of work uh, and has been syndicated by the Huffington Post and Fox News Magazine. She specializes in coaching single women who are ready to create meaningful relationships and helping couples deepen their levels of intimacy. By the way, Mike Pond needs to make sure he's listening because she's the singles coach. Okay, Mike is listening, and he's got that rugged Clark Kent smile. Um, so, Kanye Daly's joining us again. You can find out more from Kanye and about Kanye on her website at kanyedaily.com. Kanye is spelled K A N Y A Daily, D A L E Y.com. Kanye, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. It's great to be here. Good to have you. Now, Kanye, you've never been in a fight with somebody where it was like my way or the highway, have you? Oh, never. That's no, weird. Absolutely not. No one does that. <laughs> it's a it's a big deal, isn't it? It's a really big deal. It's I think that's one of the hardest things that couples have to deal with is how do we have those kinds of conversations without feeling like, hey, wait a minute, I need to be right. Right. And what we feel so we're almost so afraid that if I'm not right, maybe this gets into shame or our egos, something is saying, you know, it, the relationship doesn't matter in this moment. Me being right and my identity matters more than if we can actually make something effective out of this moment. Exactly. You know, if you have more of a competitive resolution style, you're not focusing on the relationship. Mm-hmm. You're really kind of focusing on your own autonomy, right? So you're, you're being more assertive with your wants and needs while at the same time being less empathetic. See, and it seems harder than ever before, because like when we were in kids, if I was arguing with somebody about who was fastest, we could Mm -hmm. just race. Or if we were finding out who is the strongest, we could wrestle. But what are you supposed Mm -hmm. to do when it's a battle of ideas or a battle of philosophy? I know. That's a good question. What are you supposed to do? I think what we need to do in order to be happy is to learn to listen to each other and take each other's needs into consideration and kind of find that middle ground versus focusing on being right or being wrong. Yeah. Where do you think the need to be right comes from? You know, I mean, maybe there's not one place, but what do you see in your practice? Well, it is interesting because I, I don't think it's one place, but at the same time, I do think that as a culture, we're very focused, um, we're, we're competitive by yeah. nature, yeah. which, you know, like if you're competitive by nature, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. So I think we just kind of learn how to do that and 
in some situations, it works really well. If you're playing sports, you need to be competitive in order to win. If you're in battle, you absolutely need to be competitive in order to survive. But it's not so good in a relationship. Well, it's it's interesting. I guess this is where our our DNA, our fight-or-flight kind of evolution of – you know, survival may be rubbing up against something that's that transcends survival, which is more marriage and relationships. Conflict resolution isn't always about survival, but it might feel like it is. And instead, it's actually about thriving and love and all of these squishier things, yet we're still <laughs> wired to be fighters and flighters. It's so true. And I think that for some people, they can be really surprised at their reaction, yeah. that fight-or-flight reaction to something that maybe just seems kind of inconsequential or unimportant, but suddenly you're, you know, you're angry with each other and your voices are raised and you're really fighting over the dishes. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> I think it confounds people a lot of times. Oh, it really does. And, but then it becomes habitualized, right? I mean, eventually mm. our pattern, and that's what you were mentioning earlier, like everyone might have a natural tendency, is that right? And then they bring the tendency into a relationship, which can create eventually a pattern and scripting that we all just follow. Exactly. Like if you tend, if one or both of you tend to go into that fight or flight or freeze response, that's also a big one too, yeah, right? freeze, that's Someone right. who just shuts down and just looks at you. If you do that frequently, like over and over again, then anytime your partner brings something up, your brain is going to say, uh-oh, there it is. We're in trouble. Shut Here down. It is. I need to prepare. I'm going to yeah. shut down. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to yell. Isn't that? Yeah, you're right. It can be, it can be very habitual. It's funny. Um, and then when you see your partner fighting mm-hmm. and or freezing, um, it almost it, it exacerbates it, not only in them, but then your body is now reacting to the fact, oh, yeah, see, they're amping it up. And if they're amping exactly. it up, my body needs to amp it up. None of this is cognitive, I mean, coherent. I mean, we're not doing this consciously, right? It's just our bodies are reacting. It's totally automatic. And a lot of times the person expressing themselves really likes to express themselves and is really comfortable with their emotions, whereas the other partner, not so comfortable with emotions. So they'll shut down, and then the other partner goes, wait a minute, you're not listening, and they start to share even more. Yeah. And it's just people get very overwhelmed in those circumstances. You know what? It, it almost just seems like, Kanye, that we're not meant to get along. Maybe we should just all be alone. Just go climb in a hole that. in some cave and nobody talk. <laughs> it, I mean, really, it's, the yeah. irony is our bodies take over and then our scripting takes over. But I guess the key to what I, I hear you saying is at some point we've got to transcend all this gobbledygook. Absolutely. You got to transcend it. You got to realize, okay, something's not working here. Let's see if we could slow it down. Mm-hmm. Number one thing for couples who argue, slow it down. That's a great you one. Know, listen, ask questions, don't jump to conclusions, and know that you can actually have a conversation in pieces. You don't have to have it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be the great closure moment where the symphony starts up and we all walk exactly. into the sunset. Sometimes it's just tonight, hey, look, no one died, and we yeah. got some clarity. Yeah, and we still know that we, we nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. We're both going to be here tomorrow morning, and we'll figure it out. I like that. Yeah. There's, it, it seems like, um, so that that's the chemistry in a way, but, but talk to us um, a little bit about the concept of actually believing you're right. 
Because, I mean, it's one thing to go all crazy and, and, and aggressive if you're wrong, but it seems more natural to do it when you know you're right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because, you know, if you feel it's, you're right, you kind of already have the sense that you, you've, you're on the high ground already, but yet you can be very forceful in convincing your partner how right you are. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not even just a little right. I am so right, and I'm going to... I'm going to talk about how right I am until uh-huh. you finally agree with me. <laughs> I'm going to beat like, you down. I'm going to convince you that I am right. And it's interesting because there is like one, even like people who are like calm and rational, sometimes our partners and that dynamic has the ability to just make us a little bananas. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like we find ourselves saying things or speaking in such a way that like, when we're doing it, we're like, I don't talk to anybody else like this. Yeah. Why am I talking to my partner like this? But it's the emotions that can get triggered and overwhelm us sometimes. Is that it? It seems like it's such a personal, I mean, really, no one can hurt you more than your partner. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, they, they've got the corner on that market. They know how, yeah. they know what you do. They know, you know, in the middle of the night, you walked into the wall. They know that. They know you <laughs> fell out of bed. They know all the embarrassing things of life. So maybe you're just more vulnerable. I think you're a lot more vulnerable. And when you start to feel like either attacked or rejected in some way, whatever your core is, like whatever upsets you the most, if you start to feel that, that's when you're going to push back. Game on. And become more aggressive and, you know, try to make that person stop. Like, I'm feeling so uncomfortable right now. I can't articulate it. I'm in a primal mode where I am just, pushing that person away. Yeah. Which interestingly, um, just the mere fact I might think I'm right, uh, subtly communicates to the other that they're obviously wrong. Exactly. Right? So it's not, sometimes it could be me thinking I'm right, or I might, me being so aggressive to try to be right, I'm subtly telling my partner they're not right. And that might make them vulnerable because holy cow, every time mm-hmm. I talk to you, I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm wrong, I'm bad, people start to feel ashamed. And a lot of times in a, in a relationship, one partner tends to be, quote-unquote, right more often. Mm-hmm. And then that other partner who's, quote-unquote, wrong more often starts to feel really sensitive. And it actually, over time, affects their, their sense of self, affects their confidence, and nobody wants to feel that way. Right. And they especially don't want to feel that way with their partner. Right. Isn't that you know, interesting? So, That's a good question then, huh? They should ask. So are you in a relationship where you where you consistently feel like you're not right or you're or yeah. you're consistent? They perceive that you're always wrong. I mean, that's we should be thinking if how our partner must feel with us. Yeah, that empathy piece is really important. And it's interesting because my mom has a magnet on her uh, refrigerator that says, when I married Mr. Right, I didn't realize I would be marrying Mr. Right all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That is so great. Isn't that great? It's totally great. So my dad was intelligent and rational, and he could debate anything, right? So so it's a really interesting dynamic with couples, and I think one that that people struggle with. It is. It's, that is so fascinating because it, it's um, even the concept that there is a Mr. Right also. I mean, that's a, that was a joke, but there's a subtlety in just the word right, like uh-huh. that there's the that, that you're the one and only the true, great, profound soulmate that completes my soul. Right. And anything you say then obviously is also right. Yeah. 
also, what happens if you say something that I think is really not right at all? Right. You know, what do you do then? How do you talk about that? I think yeah. that's hard for new couples who are just kind of getting together and they're still in that honeymoon phase. Uh-huh. And then they start to come out of the honeymoon phase into the reality phase and they see each other more clearly. And then it, it can be really shocking to see what your partner's really like. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it's it? It's a big one. Okay, Kanye, we're talking with Kanye Daly. Uh, she's a licensed marriage family therapist from, is it Paoli? How do you say that? It's, it's Paoli, Pennsylvania. Paola, Paoli, uh, which is different than peyote. It is a little different than it's peyote. It's different. <laughs> Might have the same effect, but it's Paoli, Pennsylvania. We're going to take a break. She's walking us through how to have a conversation that's not so polarizing, how to have a conversation where we don't have to have a Mr. Right and a Miss, Mrs. Wrong. Um, when we come back, I'd, I'd love you to get into um, the idea of how we take two different you know, issues or two different sides of an issue and start bringing it together. We're talking with Kanya Daly from uh, her website, KanyaDaily.com. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, that's the hoedown music. Means we're wrapping up the first hour of the show. And uh, joining us on the phone, wonderful guest, Kanya Daly is, uh, is with us. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, with a private practice in Paoli, Pennsylvania. And as a relationship expert, she's done work and been syndicated by the Huffington Post and the Fox News magazine. She specializes in coaching single women to create you know, more meaningful relationships and also is helping couples deepen their levels of intimacy and closeness. You can uh, find out more about Kanya on her website, KanyaDaily.com. And Kanya is spelled K-A-N-Y-A Daily, D-A-L-E-Y.com. Kanya, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matt. You bet. Now, uh, here's the deal. Two people... Two different minds, two different approaches to life, two histories that are different. We merge together, uh, let's say we're married, and we now have a discussion or an argument going on, a conversation. But we're coming at it from two completely different positions and meanings, right? Right. Uh-huh. How do we take two, you know, this 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 duality, the, the two of everything, and um, and bring it into one conversation? How is this all supposed to go down? Okay. So I think it's important in that situation to understand that, in essence, you guys are speaking two different languages. So true. Because you're coming at it, right? You're coming at it from totally different perspectives. But you also have a really different kind of mindset, potentially, on what conversation and communication looks like. Maybe one, one of you grew up in a household where people spoke loudly to each other all the time, and that was normal. And your partner grew up in a household where no one ever said anything out loud right. that was disagreeable. So so you're speaking different languages. And so understanding that is really important. Oftentimes, the two languages that are being spoken, one is emotional and one is mental or intellectual. Mm. So if, if someone's speaking the, emotional, the language of emotion, they're going to use emotional words like, I felt really hurt when you did this, or I feel really sad when you don't want to 
spend time with me, they're going to use emotional words. Whereas the mental intellectual person, they're gathering facts, right? They're gathering facts to kind of try to understand if what you're saying is really right. And so you have to be able to say to each other, okay, we're speaking different languages right now. We need to learn how to, like, even in this moment, whoever's feeling the most calm needs to go, okay, I'm going to step into your world a little bit, but I can understand a little bit more of where you're coming from. Hmm. Yeah, and I like, uh, I really like that language idea because it, what it inherently, and even if you can't really peg if your partner is more logical or emotional always, one of the things mm-hmm. they are is they're different. So if you're assuming they're using That's a different right. language you kind of approach it instead of assuming I've been married to you for 20 years. I know what exactly you're thinking. Exactly. Right? I also love one of the things I know you've, you've written about in the past is um, it's important to approach these conversations as a couple instead of as, as two individuals. So you're not going to war. We, we, we are a united pair here. We're, we're a couple. And what do you mean by right. that? Well, it's like if you come to the conversation saying, okay, look, we're a team. Right, and our goal is to be an even better team at the end of this conversation. Right, yeah. our goal is to figure out how to work together. That's really different than let me explain to you why I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, it's not a it's debate. Really, really different. That's interesting, huh? This is about, we're just trying to clear stuff in our lives to better understand so we can get better results. This isn't a war. This isn't the NFL. No, we are on the same team, and we need to to talk to each other as if we were on the same team. That's great. So the real goal of the conversation is to to find mutual understanding and and just start to create understanding and, and maybe deal with some of the emotion. Get, so create exactly. logic and emotion. Get it all out in a fair, even way. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the, yeah. and then we, somehow we've got to, I guess, do this uh, with without the emotion, without getting hijacked by our brains. Yeah, that's really important. And and part of that is really practice, uh, a willingness to kind of like name it when it's happening, like saying, you know what, honey, right now I can feel myself kind of losing it. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting angry about what you're saying. I think I need to take a break or I, I need to know, like I need you to know that that wasn't my intention. You know, just sit, like you can talk about it in the moment yeah. like, when that starts to happen. Because if you're not used to managing stress well in the moment or managing big emotions in the moment, the only way to learn is to slow it down. It's slow so it down smart. and to talk about it when it's happening. Yeah, because we process. Isn't it true that we process faster? I mean, we can we can hear and understand a lot faster than people even speak. So, mm-hmm. in a weird way, we're kind of bored with the conversation. <laughs> And we're, it seems like sometimes we're jumping ahead. What, what's going we're on in our mind? Ahead. I mean, I, you, that's why we finish each other's sentences and we jump in and we, hey, what about, mm-hmm. it, it, what is mm-hmm. really going on in the mind of two people? Well, I think a big part of it is, you know, we, we live in, in a society where we really emphasize being in, like the benefits of being an extrovert. And that would mean like really expressing yourself and jumping in and making sure people hear you. But when you're having this kind of a conversation, like you need more of those like 
receptive, sit back and listen first before you make a decision about what's being said skills. Yeah. And, you know, so that's sometimes hard to integrate. We can feel really, we can feel a tremendous loss of power when we sit back, right? So if we just sit back and listen, and we're not used to doing that um, and still feeling strong, we can start to feel really overpowered by what our partner's sharing. Yeah. It's interesting. That, to me, is therapy, though. That's what you do every day. You, you've yeah. learned the art of like reflective listening and sitting there and yeah. holding all the horses back. Whee! They all want right. to run. All the horses want to run. <laughs> but you have the ability to all sit at the there. Same time. And, and you're, it's fascinating because if you let them talk, it will lower the emotion if, and, and, and it increases your understanding. Now, you may not like what you're hearing, but even the, the mere right. fact they're talking, they're showing their hand in a way. Exactly. You need to be able to, your partner needs to tell you what's going on. And like you said, you may not like what they're telling you, but it's so much better to know what's going on because then you can address it. If they're not telling you or if you're not giving them the space to express themselves, can't, you don't know what the issue is and you don't right. know how to resolve it. So true. And so instead, yeah. we, we don't ever really know what's going on. And, and it's more like a dueling monologue, isn't it? It's two people monologuing yeah. in, instead, of, instead of anyone listening. Yes, that's, that's a really good way of putting it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal and a, and a major skill. Um, here's, here's a, here's a crazy one for you. We also get fatigued, right? I mean, Mm. I've noticed a lot of my arguments with my wife start at night when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted. Uh So how does, how does like just fatigue impact all this? Well, I think that that's a really important point because one of the things that couples need to learn to do is choose when to have these conversations. Yeah. So there's a saying, HALT, H-A-L-T. So you never bring up these conversations when you're hungry, (laughs) angry, lonely, or tired. And I will add if you've had any amount of alcohol. Yeah. Because you just don't have the inner resources. You're not going to be able to take care of yourself, let alone... Okay, I'm going to put my needs aside while I like kind of listen and tune into my partner. You're just not going to have the the resources to do it, and then over time you get the sense that you can't do it. But in reality, if you did it when like the kids weren't running around right. and you weren't running out the door for work, if it was just you guys sitting there having a conversation, you probably would be able to have a, a really good conversation. That is so when you're hungry. Angry, angry, lonely, lonely, tired, tired, or tipsy. Or tipsy. There you go. I like that. That's tipsy. two T's. Halt with two T's. Hmm. Halt with two halt. T's. I like that. Uh, that is great advice. Now, for some people, that's, I don't know, that's just every day. They're that way. They're always hungry. It's true, isn't it? It's totally right? like true. They, they see each other. It's six o'clock at night. They're exhausted. They're hungry. Yeah. If they're exhausted and hungry, by the time they get everybody to bed, it's 930. Now they want to go to bed. So, like, most people have that kind of crazy life, but you need to know, like, okay, this is our relationship, and it is at the top of the priority list, and we need to find a way to make it a priority. And maybe that means you have a date night That's you know, once every week or yeah. two, or you get a babysitter on Saturday morning, and you guys just go out for coffee for a little while and catch up and well, have, you and know. It, I a, guess it doesn't to have connect. to be a long conversation. I mean. We can also agree that the conversation for tonight will just last seven minutes. 
Yes. I mean, you could set it. You could set it. It's it's crazy, but I mean, sometimes we don't have these conversations, and then it means it's a twelve-hour, you know, journey. <laughs> yeah, and that's too long, right? Because there's the physical fatigue, but then there's the emotional fatigue that kicks in. Yeah. Because it's it's hard to be emotional for any extended length of time. It just is totally. And if you don't have the resources. Like, don't start the conversation. That's a great quote. If you don't have the resources, don't start the conversation. We're talking uh, with Kanya Daly, licensed marriage and family therapist, who is walking us through, you know, kind of this being right, this need to be right, and and kind of the fight or flight, the impact and fallout that comes from some of our discussions. We're going to take a a break. We'll be back with Kanya Daly. We're going to get into some more solutions for how you can get rid of the need to be right This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody welcome back to the matt townsend show hey we are talking about being right versus being happy sometimes you know you're in an argument a discussion we call them an intense discussion and you're sure you're right so sure that you're going to destroy and crush the person you're talking to and then all of a sudden this emotions kick in your fight flight or freeze kicks in your chemicals of your body start to take over you're ready and prepared to win the battle. And then all of a sudden, you are going for the win. You're no longer going for the relationship. You're no longer looking at the long-term impact of everything you're saying or doing. You're just on the wave, riding the wave of, enjoy- of enjoyment for some, but emotion. And um, sometimes that wave crashes down on people. Sometimes it destroys relationships. So on the show today... We wanted to talk about some healthier skills, some healthier tools to get you through this little uh, maze we have. When you're in a discussion, you have differing opinions and how to talk through it. Our guest is Kanya Daly. She is a, a blogger, and some of her work has been seen on Fox News Magazine, also on the Huffington Post. She is a relationship expert and licensed marriage and family therapist from a private practice in Paoli, Pennsylvania. She also works with single women. Right, which honestly, that's what was Mike Pond's question earlier. What, what about us single folks? Everyone always talks about it, the other relationships, but the Pondificator, the 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 Pond de Leon, we call him. That guy wants to know the singles, the single habits, and the great, wonderful tricks of the single life as well. So we've invited Kanya on the show. Kanya Daly, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. So good to be here. This is fun. It's good, and it's great to have you on. And really, our one of our producers, Mike Pond, really he he all of these things you're teaching us apply to singles as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Because it's not like you're not going to have any of these conversations till after you're married. You can have them. Oh yeah. When you meet someone, when you're getting to know someone, absolutely. Do you, don't you think that? See, Mike uh, likes to bring up some of these really awkward fights in the very first date. He he feels he says he says it's better if you get those fights over with. So he always like brings up something really embarrassing early. <laughs> now, Kanya, is that is that a good idea? I mean, to me, it seems like you had to hold off three, four dates, maybe then throw a fight in. I don't know, Mike. Is it working for him? Do you think? 
well, I'm not sure that it's such a great idea. Yeah, it's not. He's still single. I'll be honest with you. I think most women are not pleased when a guy starts a fight with them on the first date. Yep. You got that, Mike? I, I just want to see how they react, you yeah. know? Yeah, he wants to see if they have really good reactive. He also likes to see if they have, what's the, what's the muscle called in sports, the, the quick reaction muscles. Exactly. You he know, it's really telling. Yeah. It's not good dating well, practice, Mike, and Kanye Daly has even said so. I'm, I'm curious, Mike, though, how do, they re, how do they react? Yeah, how do they react, Mike? Well, some fight back, some freeze, some run away. You know, I like the ones that fight there back. His favorite are those that appease. Okay. He likes the ones that just give in and say, whatever you want, Mike, you big strapping stud. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> anyway, that's enough with you, Mike. Uh, we've helped you. We've done what we could. Let's go back to Kanye Daily. By the way, KanyeDaily.com is her website, and um, great stuff there. Kanye, help us with this now. As we're, we have the discussion, we're, we're different. You gave us some great advice about when, when we shouldn't have the conversation. You don't have it when you, you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, you're tired, or you're tipsy. Halt. Um, so what else should we do? Is there anything I can do to just get the idea out of my head that there may be other ways to see this than me just being right? How do I get that thought out of my head? Because that might be driving a lot of this. I think it is driving a lot of it. And so that's hard to do in the moment. Yeah. But- but maybe if, if you start to talk to your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend about this, you could start to say, okay, like, let's have, like, we can remind each other, like, when we're having a conversation and start to go down that path, whoever is sane in that moment can go, you know what, honey, I think we're going down a bad path. Yeah. Let's see if we can redirect it. Yeah. Right. I have some clients who they'll just think of a word that makes both of them laugh. There you go. So in the middle of it, they'll say that word, and it just breaks the tension. No, that's... Humor is really important. It really is. You and I have been laughing about this. Well, yeah, but... You can be humorous. Well, you can be humorous and right and get stuff done. I, I have yeah. a client. I have a client that they don't. They don't have a rule to laugh. They just say the only time we can fight is if we're naked. There you go. And then they just end up laughing the entire time, and then the fight goes away. <laughs> and then they then they argue about how we both need to lose weight. Oh no! It's rude, That's but um, yeah. one way then you're saying is make some rules, really, right? Figure yeah. out some rules, and they don't have to be like, "You are violating the rule." It's more like, "Look, let's make this work. Let's have a conversation where we don't need to fight or flight, and let's uh-huh. let's do what we know works." Let's do what we know works. Maybe you guys say, "Okay, when we have a conversation, we're going to take turns talking." That's great. Rather than both talking at the same time, we're going to take turns talking. And some couples will set a little alarm so they know, okay, I'm going to talk. Other people have like a little talking stick, right? Yeah. Where whoever's holding the talking stick gets to talk and the other person listens. So, you know, having rules I think is a really good idea. Just don't fight about the rules. Right, yeah. Uh, do you? I, I personally in my own coaching profession have found that people shouldn't have a stick when they're in an argument. <laughs> Well, maybe a, maybe a soft <laughs> A soft, squishy ball. Yeah, yeah. We just give them soft, squishy balls. You just can't throw it. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i trying to not be crazy, but, you know, the last thing I should do is give someone a stick. And if I got the stick, I'm never going to give up that stick because if I hand it to you, you never know what's going to happen. What are some listening uh, exercises? That's what I love about therapists are really I, usually very effective at um, listening. 
What are, what are some skills or listening exercises you teach to get people well, to listen? Well, one of the things that I think a lot of therapists teach is we call reflective or active listening. So basically the way that works is like one person is going to go. So say I'm going to have, I'm going to be the one expressing myself and then my partner is going to listen and they're really going to listen to what I say. And when they feel like they're full of information, they're going to raise their hand and then they're going to repeat back to me what I said. Mm. And they're not going to interpret it. Yeah. They're not going to add any stuff. They're not going to add or interpret or elaborate. They're just going to repeat back exactly what I said. And then, because then we can actually start to understand each other a lot better. Yeah. Well, that's isn't turns doing that. Yeah. People feel heard and understood and their heart softens in that situation. Well, that's what we would do. If I really, to save someone's life, if I had to make sure that you understood what I was saying, Kanya, I wouldn't just go for 20 minutes spewing. I would stop and then I'd ask you to tell me what you heard me say. I I mean, I'd only go really, I guess that's another key to this. You probably want to take turns that are short enough that we can both stay Mm -hmm. engaged, right? So a minute. Exactly. Yeah. And pay attention to how you're feeling inside and to how your partner is responding. Because if you guys, either one of you starts to kind of go a little wonky, it's like, okay, maybe we need to take a break. Maybe we're kind of saturated for now. Yeah. And again, yeah. that's fine, right? We can walk away. Oh, yeah. And maybe you schedule when we're going to come away. back just so it doesn't fall into the, you know, the never-never land. Absolutely. I think it's important to know you have to walk away sometimes because sometimes people stay and then they get really reactive, yeah. right? Because their emotions just take over. If they can start to notice when that's happening and say, I'm going to take a break, it's a lot easier to have calm conversations. Yeah. What's my uh, what's my responsibility? So if I'm listening to my spouse, mm-hmm. I'm assuming we all have different roles or responsibilities in the conversation. What what sure. what should my responsibility be? Maybe as a listener, or and what's my spouse's responsibility as a speaker? Okay, so let's go with the the speaker first. So if you're a speaker, I would always be. Do your best to be respectful, right? Yep, yep. Try not to raise your voice or call people names. You want to be respectful and you want to focus on, you always want to kind of start with a, a positive thing. Like, yeah. I'm really glad I can talk to you about stuff when it bothers me, right? And then share it. You don't have to talk about it for 20 minutes, like yeah. you said earlier. Just share it and talk about, you know, how it felt for you. And then stop. And let your partner respond mm-hmm. because they could say, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was even doing that. Yeah. And then that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So you need to share a little bit and then listen. And it kind of goes back and forth like that. I love it. Right. It Be seems respectful. like my job is to keep them in. I mean, I, I can talk in a way that I could be really courageous, but uh-huh. inconsiderate. So I, yeah. in a way, I almost need to keep them in. Uh, maybe maybe that's how you should do the talking stick, Kanya. Maybe what you do is instead of having the speaker have it, the listener has it, and if they're being offended, they can pop you on the head. They oh, could, that's fine. I'm not really sure that that would end the conversation. Yeah, you're right. Possible. Then the cops get called. Let's not do that. And then if you're listening, okay, you want to avoid. You want to be respectful too, so you want to avoid things like rolling your eyes. Right. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Right. You want to listen respectfully the way you would listen to someone at work or a friend. We, we just listen and ask questions and 
whenever you can, like, kind of pretend that there's this bulletproof glass in between you guys. And hmm. so even if they're saying something that you find a little hurtful, just put it off to the side for a little while and deal with one person's feelings at a time. Yeah, Otherwise, that's kind of, it's controlled, it's isn't it? That's just control. I like that. That is control and emotional maturity. It's and, hard sometimes. And we just kind of so it's it's kind of like we're slowly venting each other. Mm-hmm. And we and so instead of letting it build up, build up, build up, we're gonna vent it. I always think of it as like Tupperware. You know, where back yeah. in the day, you used to have to burp your Tupperware a little bit. I remember and you, that. You let the air out, and you, yeah, that one's good and tight. And then then we let them respond. And like you say, I mm-hmm. do a little lift, say something positive, mm-hmm. or I always call it, you know, show build on what they're saying, show where you're with them. So for, yeah. before you start telling everything you don't like. Go find everything that they just said that you agree with. I agree. I want to make our relationship better. And I, too, am really proud that we can work on this together and and build and and build. And then share your other side. Then share your other side. Like you said earlier, you don't save a marriage by talking about what's broken. Yeah. You just don't. And it's interesting because when I talk to couples, a lot of things that I say remind me of Remember that book, Everything I Needed to Know About Life I Learned in Kindergarten? Is that Robert Fulgham? Is that his name? I think it is Robert I Fulgham. love him. And it's kind of like that. Yeah. Be nice to each other. Don't push each other. Right. Like, be respectful, listen, pay attention, share. Keep your hands off each other. <laughs> yeah. Keep your hands off each other. So it's like, it's like really basic stuff, but it's, it's, you have to remember it in the heat of the moment. That's the key. I agree. And don't you think there's something about having, even, I think personally, even if you don't talk, like let's say you're just too emotionally charged to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. Being in the same space with each other seems mm-hmm. – and not talking and not withdrawing. So no one's going to withdraw and no one's going to keep pursuing in that space. It seems to eventually help us, um, if, especially if we can do something effective in our brain while we're sitting there. It seems to start training our brain to be less reactive, that this person's not a threat, we can turn okay. this on and off. We can, I right. mean, it, and it's almost like we have to learn kind of the emotional reaction side, don't we? Yeah, and that's a big thing I think for most people to learn. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the idea of like being in the same room with each other and neither one of you pursuing or withdrawing. Yeah. Just kind of like being side by side because then your brain does get to see like, hey, you know what? It's safe. Yeah, I love that. I, I can calm down a little bit. When I'm ready, we'll have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to like me, it. that, that reminds me of like being a little kid when you were throwing a fit and your mom would hold you on your la- her lap and would just hold yeah. you. But eventually mm-hmm. you would, you'd learn that, okay, the faster I can just relax and mm-hmm. get over this fit, the faster mom's going to let me free. Yeah. And we learn control. And also, like, I think in that situation, sometimes what we were really wanting is the connection. Yeah. And we need to calm down in order to have that again. Yeah. That's a great point, isn't it? We just, we're really just yearning to belong and be together and be connected. Yeah. It's so true. What's the, uh, as we wrap it up, what's the, what would you say with all of this? And you may have already said it is the, is the number one thing, uh, you know, the, the, I call it like the, the most leveraged thing, the big thing that if we would just remember this one thing, it, it makes a huge difference. What's the one thing we need to remember? Well, the one thing is you guys are on the same team. You decided to marry. Of all the people in the world, this is who you decided to marry and who you decided to build a life with. 
you need to remember that in the heat of the moment. Like mm. this is this is my partner. This is my teammate. Yeah. You know, we need to be on the same side here. And you are on the same side, even if you don't feel like it. Exactly. But life is so much easier when you when you get that you're on the same side. I love that. Yeah. See, it's almost like you know what you're doing, Kanye. Thanks, Matt. You're like a highly trained <laughs> professional. Well, I try. You did great. Everybody, go check out her Yay. website. Thank you so much, Kanye. Really, KanyeDaily.com. Oh, so fun. Thanks. You bet. Thank you. And... KanyaDaily.com, K-A-N-Y-A-D-A-L-E-Y.com. KanyaDaily.com. Good stuff. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You getting it? See? We're all together. No one needs to die. We're all friends. You know, we have differences, and we're still in this together. Helping you find the good in life. That is the goal of this show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how your own self-evaluation, how you can get into thinking and understanding what's going on with you and why you might need to be right. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we've been talking today about the need to be right. Have you ever fought to be right? I am so right. Even at the expense of being healthy, being happy, being with other people, it's a big deal. And our own Michael James Pond. What's your middle name, Mike? James. Was it really? No. But it's funny because when I, uh, when I lived abroad, um, the P sound pond sounds mm-hmm. just like Bond. And so everyone would call me... James Bond. Yeah, exactly. But uh, my middle name is Wallander. Oh, that's right. We yeah. talked about that. That's hard. Yeah, that's a hard name. It's, uh, I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to have people guess it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it'll never happen. Yeah. It's great. Wallander. Always make money off of that one. We've got to call you Wally. Um, one of the things that uh, we've asked you to research here is because, okay, not only am I engaged in an argument with people... And they bring their junk, I bring my junk. But a lot of us never evaluate our own thinking. We right. never evaluate what's going on in our head. It's so easy to, to you know, not be self-aware. Because it's obvious you're messed up. Exactly. Right. That's why I'm here mm, on the show. Of me. Right. I, I but need I'm, help. Look at me. I got it going. It's in my head. I can see I'm normal. You're messed up. Because I don't have these problems with other people. So they must be you. And that's what everybody does. That's yeah. what a lot of people do. And it's because they, uh, you know, li- living that way, uh, it, it really implies that uh, we, we don't respect the facts of reality, what's really going on yeah. around us. Yeah, we don't, we, don't even, we don't even look for the data of what's going to – I only look for data that supports my thought that you're messed up, right? Like Wallander, yeah. data point. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, hypothetically. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I'm going to find whatever data I need to crush you as the problem instead of dealing with me. But what you're saying is maybe we need to do a lot more introspection. Yeah. Um, and this this actually carries over into a lot of different aspects of life. Um, it, it can be in the workplace, but especially with our relationship with others and with ourself, our self-esteem. Um, and that can be, you know... We, we talked about a lot of different things that, that can play into arguments and other yeah. things, but self-esteem can be one of them. And when we're, uh, when we're avoiding 
ourself, when, when we're not okay with self-confrontation or you know, dishonesty with ourselves, being honest with, with who we really are yeah. and, and what's really happening around us, uh, we miss out on a lot of things. I had a, a friend who's been borderline diabetic for about five years. Now, what, what they may have found out is that they were actually – you're still suffering the realities of near diabetes right. or diabetes. And, um, but they weren't being real with themselves and they weren't accepting the data and they weren't accepting their pain and their issues and their health and their energy. They weren't accepting any of the facts. They just kept saying, no, it's just a number. And it's just a number I get from the doctor once I go there every quarter. And now d- well, amputation? Finally, well, no, but what? finally they got straight up after being in the intensive care unit, straight up decision, you've got diabetes. Now they have to deal with it. Yeah, that's the complete opposite ad- attitude of what we need to have. Yeah. Accepting reality, you know, if, it, if it's not if, – if I choose not to uh, see it or, or to acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. Right. And the problem's not going to go away. It doesn't go away. No, it's, it's there. Uh, but when we don't deal with it – it, it gets worse. And sometimes sometimes you probably can think of a moment, one in a thousand, that you actually have to win. There's, there's probably character-based principled moments where you have to if, – if, if you know you're right, you have to be willing to go for that win. But it's probably one in a million. Yeah, probably. But we, we kind of make it – everything is has to be right instead of just recognizing – by the way, someone else's really negative feedback about what you're saying – should be a symbol, especially if this is someone you're marrying yeah, or, yeah. in your case, dating. This is a symbol that there's something going on here. So instead of, like, fighting it and ignoring it, we you're saying get into it. Get real. Evaluate. Yeah, and this doesn't mean that we have to like what we mm. see. and it, uh, But it does mean that we have to recognize it, that which is and, and uh, that which is not. Yeah. And, you know— our hopes and, and our dreams, they don't alter reality. So we have to be, we have to be okay with yeah. that. And, and having that, that uh, perspective, it's really healthy. You know, you don't need to get down on yourself. And you don't need to get down on the other person. But you need to be real with what's going yeah. on. See, by the way, you're a BYU athlete. Well, was. You were. But yeah. you, you're, you're the strapping, muscly, you remind me of myself, <laughs> strapping, muscly kid. And if you didn't sit and get real... And really evaluate your work. You are a decathlete, yeah. much like myself. And um, but it, you know, if you throw the javelin and it lands in the stands, you could just ah slipped. Sorry. But if every time your javelin lands in the stands, I should probably stop doing javelin. Someone needs to yeah. evaluate what's going on. Yeah, the and data's not showing. Now you can make up whatever story you want, but eventually, you're not right, and you're just gonna impale someone. Yeah, when when we're when we're not paying attention, we have conversations uh, that. Well, this is the kind of conversation that we should be having. Hey, I'm sorry. I I think that I ha- may have misunderstood what we're arguing about. Yeah, and what am I missing? I, here? I don't think I've really been listening. Let's take a step back and uh, let's let me hear what you have to say again. And I'm going to really try to listen this time. Man, you're single. Well, not for long. Hopefully. Oh, do you have an announcement? No, I don't have an, an announcement. Oh, it sounded like you were about to make it. Not for long. Well, I've got something Matt, big I mean, to say. Well, not for long. Now that you're on the show, exactly. we're going to find you a spouse. Exactly. Do we want to? Let's do that. Like, let's go very public and let's go publicly finding you a spouse. We've well, got to post your face on our Facebook page. What is it? Eight five five chat BYU. If you have, if you have somebody that needs a date 
from Mike the Pondificator. Uh, give us a call one eight five five chat BYU, or we need to get your picture and let's get some video. Okay, okay. Of you throwing yeah. a javelin on on our Facebook page. Okay, will you work on that and then you bring yeah, I'll it? On. I'll post it on Matt Townsend on my Facebook page. I'll post it on my Facebook page. Some video of you, maybe just saying hi, ladies. Mike Pond here. And then if anyone's out there, even if you're a grandma or a mother and you have grandchildren and you want them to date a strapping warrior, stud with a javelin and a decathlete, give us a call. That's going to work. Okay. Go to Matt Townsend on Facebook. We'll get a video posted within by tomorrow. But just remember, have courage, self-evaluate yourself, and go on a date with me. Sounds like a plan. Boy, that is a winning plan, my friends. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. To the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, you just heard the lasers, so that means Peggy Woodruff's in the house because she's the one that does the Yoda voice. Peggy, is, is that it, a, you don't have to do it unless you want to do it. Is the laser my sound? It's everyone's sound, but it's <laughs> but it, it means we're at the bottom of the hour. Is that the bottom? Yeah. It's the half, yeah, the bottom of the hour. Um, but the minute I heard that laser, I thought of uh, Yoda and Star Wars because mm-hmm. anyway. Peggy Woodruff, accomplished voice artist. An actor. I, I've never, yeah, voice artist. Oh, I guess. Don't you? Know, I'm not going to make you sing or anything. <laughs> B.A. She has I'm a bachelor's never degree. Sing again. Yeah, don't. She has a bachelor's degree in theater and cinematic arts from BYU. She's graduate. She's done graduate work in acting at the University of Wisconsin Madison. She's fluent in two, three languages. I guess we're counting English, French, Spanish, and English. She's done very pretty good in English, and she has six children so far. Two grandchildren. But we like to bring Peggy on as a voice of reason. You're balanced. You're savvy. I hope so. I, I thought about you the other day because I was reading an article about the most dangerous cities in the world. And Recife, how do you say it? Recife. Recife. Well, the rest of us say Recife, Brazil. You lived there. I did. With a bunch. She was in charge. She and her husband were mission presidents over thousands of missionaries, over 200 <laughs> missionaries at a time, roughly, in one of the most dangerous cities of all time. But mm-hmm. back then, it was, I'm sure it was a cakewalk. That's why you you bring the logic, you bring the peace, you bring the reason. You know, it was a great place to be. As long as we found ourselves in the right places and didn't go to the wrong places, we were pretty safe. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. If you keep your nose out of the trouble, nothing usually happens. That is true. Hey, help us with this. Um You've been married how long, Peggy? Um, it'll be 30 years in August. Okay, I'm going to give you a little quiz, and you just see if you've ever had anything like this happen. Okay. Have you ever had a situation where you really wanted to be right, and you knew you were right, or you knew your partner was wrong, and they wouldn't admit they were wrong, so it turned into a bigger battle than it needed to be? Not you, but have you ever had a friend that did that? Because I know you would never do that. <laughs> have you ever seen that in a relationship? Yes. Why do people do this? Come on. Okay, here's a scenario. Yeah. This is from long past so that I don't Yeah. This is this isn't share you. This anybody's is a friend's anybody's friend. uh story. Okay. 
Okay, a woman whose spouse was really falling short in some way and not really motivated to change things. Yeah, wasn't doing it. In theory, she was right. He really should have been stepping it up. Pick up his in game. In those areas. Yep. Um, she was right, but she was miserable and she was angry mm. and she was resentful because she couldn't change him. Mm. Now, he was. I've got to emphasize that he's a decent person. Yeah. I assume. This was years ago. I hope he still is. He was decent. He was kind. And so there was nothing, you know, really abusive or or terribly wrong. He just just wasn't pulling his weight. But, you know, it does no good to have the consciousness of being right if you're unhappy. That is such – that's it. Now, she was totally right. She was. She really was. You know what that reminds me of is you can have the right of way in an accident and still get T-boned. <laughs> and you can feel like, no, 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 no. This is my, boom. Yeah. But it doesn't bring the peace. So you guess you almost have to say, do I have the right or do I kind of want the peace? Do uh-huh. I want, do I want, and do I want to be effective? Right? She decided that she could not bring light into her home by radiating darkness. Hmm. That's great. That's it. She decided but, to focus on his good qualities and it also, and be the source of light. Well, and it's in interesting. Home. And maybe if she could find his good qualities, maybe it doesn't also mean we can't still voice a need. Mm-hmm. And but, he still may not choose to take it. So maybe we have to lower our expectation a bit in yeah. order to be happy. To people. And to be at peace. I love that. But when I say that to people, because what I, you really have two choices, right? Lower what you would expect to happen or increase what they do. So you, this, And since you can't force someone right. to increase what they do. You're lowering your expectation. But that's, what, that's usually when I get people so mad at me. Oh, so I'm supposed to lower... My expectation, because if I lower my expectation, oh, then they're just going to do less, is the assumption. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I always say it's not lowering your expectation. It's just being realistic. If the car is coming, I guess pull, stopping your car and not entering the intersection when someone's running a red light, I guess that's— Even though you're right. You're right. <laughs> and it is lowering your expectation because you should be able to go. But you're going for something higher than being right. Yeah. But oh, people hate that. Don't you think? Don't you think your friends would say, oh, when's he going to raise his expectation? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kind of we go. That's a sign that maybe we're in a more petty back and forth play. You and, know. you know, things aren't always that that high of stakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, Sometimes it's just, you know, my what I want and what you want. Yeah. Right. And my husband and I kind of decided early on that whoever felt more strongly the other one would say, okay, you have your yeah, way. That's great. So you, do you, how do you do that? Um, do you just say, like some people just, say, how important is this to you? One to ten. Yeah. If it's well, a, we've never put if, a number on it, but but I think we can sense, yeah. oh, he's feeling really strongly about this. I think I'll let Take him it. have it. Yeah, have it. Take it. <laughs> you end up making some mistakes. The boat was a mistake. <laughs> But he felt very strong about it. Yeah, that's it, huh? And that that's that's the rub because and you have a great memory, so you're like, mm, this doesn't always work. Does and it? you know, but you know, I guess it's a matter of choosing because it does no good to cave in if you're going to be miserable and resentful that's about right. it. So, so I guess in you choose it. what you're going to 
care a lot about. That's great. Decide what's important. Caving in, if you're going to be mad the whole time. Does no good for anybody. You may as well not cave in. You may as well just be mad and not cave in. (laughs) This becomes this deli. So really you're saying it's not enough to just even give him his way. You almost have to – you let him have his way because he feels so strongly about it. Mm -hmm. And you change how you feel about it. You have to somehow work on how you're going to feel about it. Yeah, Otherwise you're in – you're being tortured. And he's let me have my way so many that's times. That's it. Like, too. I want to know what is it? He bought a boatman. This that is was a, a mistake. reasonable man. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and then you're just bartering. Everyone makes mistakes. That's where grace comes in, doesn't mm-hmm. it? We need to. Everyone always talks about God and grace and the grace that God gives us. But isn't that why we're maybe in a marriage is to learn to give grace? Like oh, yes. When, when it's needed. You know, one of my favorite books is Crucial Conversations. Yes. That's a great Conversations and tools for talking when stakes are high. I read this years ago. Um, My husband and I came from from families that dealt with each other in two different ways. Yeah, like styles. Okay. Um, He was – his family was a kind of an in-your-face, we talk about this and we talk about it loudly until it's resolved. Yeah. Uh, My family was, oh, conflict? Let me retreat. Run away. (laughs) Run away. Run, run. Run away. Run away before something terrible happens. Okay. So uh, that that – it can't required happen. You have to get together. Some adjustment. Yeah. This was a big help to me. And I what give, did it, it teach I give you? this book to my children. It's a conflict resolution. It basically, there's certain conversations that are crucial. Mm-hmm. And those conversations, you can't just use the typical pattern of fight and flight. We got to right. get together. We talked about that earlier. What did it teach you? What's your favorite? My very favorite part of the book is the first premise start with heart. Mm. You've got to decide what you want from this conversation, from this debate. And is it to win or is it to come out with a strengthened relationship? That's great. And more love and more respect. Mm-hmm. And if you start with heart, you you don't say things that you have to take back yeah. later. No. Um, you don't say things that you know are going to burn your relationship bridges. Yep. Or that are going to, you know, float in the air over Lake Michigan for Just, yeah. <laughs> eons. Yeah. You know? Pollution. <laughs> you don't pollute the pool, right? That's right. That's a great thought. I mean, because how you want the how you want this to end will determine how you go about doing it. If you haven't thought, how do we want this to be? Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't matter how you participate in a conversation. Yeah. You can just steamroll. But you're saying, let's ask, how do we want this to go? That's huge. And let's end up with respect and a greater appreciation. Well, maybe that's how it works, though. So you guys have a discussion. You realize the boat was really important to your husband. You let him have it. It doesn't turn out so great. He next time. <laughs> Did he, you know that boat stands for bring on another thousand? Uh, yeah, every month. They are really, exactly. really expensive. I, know, I will never buy a boat. Uh, because And we have great friends that have boats. So I just like, well, just call our friends. My dad had a boat and I loved it because he took care of it and paid for it. <laughs> but maybe the key to this is what if our goal was to make sure that every relationship we, or every conversation that's crucial, we may not have the perfect outcome, but our process is getting better. And so I want to have a relationship with you today or a conversation today that makes it so we're more likely next time to get it right Instead mm-hmm. of a conversation today that ensures that next time we won't do it right. Yeah, bingo. So every time we're trying to grow the value of our ability, our skill set to talk, even if our outcomes aren't perfect yet and they're not they're not fair. And I'm not sure they ever will uh, be. They probably can't be. Perfect. Well, no. Because we if aren't. you're different, right. 
So instead... Isn't it amazing that such different people can coexist? Isn't that great? Because what if you had to marry someone like you? Like, I'd hate to marry someone like me. I, mean, I don't think I wife, could live God, with myself. So I mean, I do. I live with myself every day and I can't stand it. But it really is... It's the difference. And you, that point is um, you're not going to be perfect. Mm-mm. So th- this is where grace comes in. If you can't give grace where someone's imperfect, why would you expect a God to give you any? I was going to say, why Why expect to receive it from anybody That's if right. you can't give it? It's huge. And what does it do to you? That's powerful. What do, what do you become in a conversation where you could have crushed them and you chose not to? Well, I mean, what are you becoming? And you feel peace and love for him still. So you're becoming something different who doesn't have to win. And sometimes you you have that outcome and then you, you learn the peace and love afterwards. Yeah, no, totally. Maybe you, uh, you give in with a little bit of resentment and then you talk yourself into the fact that that was the right thing to do and yeah. I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah. So some of it is that brain work after, isn't it? It's like... Sometimes you you have to still get yourself uh-huh. in. Do you still tell people to never go to bed mad? No, I've never told them that. <laughs> I like going to bed. I'd, I'd rather go to bed mad than yeah, me fight too. for the next three I, hours. Someone told me that once, and yeah. I thought, we just can't do it. We get too tired. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to go home, get a good night's sleep. Some people still then do that. Then we can be reasonable in the yeah. morning. The, and I, I'm a big believer. I mean, again, we talked about this earlier. Most of our fights take place when we're tired and late at night. Oh. So we have a rule no serious discussions after 10. Good idea. We'll talk about it in the morning. Or now it's 9 because we're getting older. <laughs> we're going to bed earlier. Like, yeah. I understand. So, yeah. So, um, but having sometimes just learning, that's neat that you share that book, Crucial Conversations with Your Kids, because we've, otherwise we set them up to think that this is just natural. Like resolving a conflict's natural. Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying, no, it's a kind of a learned process. You got to learn it. Definitely, because it's so easy to simply say something cutting. Oh yeah, to crush. Oh, and just and and walk away and consider yourself the winner. And mm-hmm. ooh, well, and what, what are you? That's nasty. It really does. What are you becoming? If I have to, if I crush you, who am I? A beast. I'm a beast. <laughs> and what are you that I would do that to you? My, I'm so off if I have to crush you. Yeah. But it's so natural, isn't it? That's when we go all natural and we're going all chemistry and we're not putting the brakes on. And no on reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But two, I guess, and help us with this. You you I know know this. You can be too passive too. Oh yeah. So at some point you also have to balance not being passive or steamrolled or just rolling. So even if you feel because there's some people that feel good about just being rolled over and like having <laughs> I everyone, don't. I know. So <laughs> How do you make sure you're not too passive either, that you still are, you're still sharing your voice? You want to have a voice, and your partner should want to hear your voice in these ideas. You know, I think that you learn that either being passive or aggressive yeah. from the time you're little, from, from how you're treated and how you treat others. And it's, I think it's really hard to change. It, it takes a good deal of effort to change. Yeah. But... But I think you need to teach yourself to speak up and and choose the battles that are worth yeah. I fighting like for. Choose it and then and speak up and, and and then also be a good recipient when someone's showing courage. Yes. So if I can if I can make a safe space for you to speak up, maybe that could be a rule we say together is we need to make sure we're hearing each other's voice. 
And that's something that we always said at home. We The home needs to be the safe place. <laughs> Someone told me that home is a safe place for kids to fall apart. And they usually do at that's home it. fall apart at home a lot more than out in public. That's right. Well, how great is that, that they always know when they need to be real. That they're still loved. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to die. That's my favorite line. No one's going to die here. Man, Peggy, you did it again. You're just good. You, have, what's your, you always have a thought or a quote. You always have like a final clincher. Anything in your heart. What's the one thing that would help us to create that safer space? I guess what I said earlier, we don't bring light into our homes or our lives by radiating darkness. Love it. Is that you? That is me. By Peggy Woodruff. (laughs) Say it one more time. We don't bring light into our homes or our lives by radiating darkness. There you have it. Peggy Woodruff, the best. You can hear her on Classical 89. Thank you. She's a DJ. (laughs) They hate me to say. She's an announcer. What are they? Is that what they call you? I'm a Classical 89 host. Host. On classical89.org. Dot org. Peggy Woodruff. The adult at BYU Radio. We love it. (laughs) Having an adult in the room always helps. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to play the game, Would You Rather. It's a fun game. Would you rather be right or be happy? Would you rather have darkness or light? Fun game coming up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means we're wrapping up the show. What better way to do that than to play a game? Our game show host and cruise director, Jess, is joining us. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> that was cute. That's my cruise voice. That's your cruise voice. You um, you like the games. I, everybody likes the games. You're great at putting them together. Today's I have people game, call me at 1 in the morning saying, I still love that game. Really? Price is Right is still. Who's, who calls you and says that? Guess. I mean, I mean, not guests, but people who like listen. Listeners, to the show. really, yeah. family members. How do they nope. get your number? No, these are truck drivers. Hey, we have a whole scout troop <laughs> looking in the window at us right now. Everybody, sit up straight. Give them the scout sign. Okay, um, here we go. Would you rather is the name of the game? <laughs> right. Okay. Jess is the host. So, um, first one. Would you rather be physically impaired but have a good personality? Yes. Or. Be really attractive and have a bad personality. Ooh, that's rough. Huh. I don't know. I've seen some movies where the the impaired guy, you know, wins over the girl, but it's hard to give up the abs. You know what I mean? Well, that's the um, what's the what's the show uh, where the guy has a tail? What do you mean? What kind of a tail? <laughs> Clifford, you... the big red dog. That's yeah, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> No, that's definitely Dragon what Ball. What does he no. do? Give give us some the more guy information. Has a tail. It's <laughs> like a cat tail or a dog. What do you mean? <sighs> ugly Betty. No, not Ugly Betty. Uh, what, what about the one where the girl shallow has how. a pig? Shallow oh, how? Oh, like an actual shallow tail. How. Oh, yeah, yeah shallow how. <laughs> I love that movie. Gosh, I had no idea yeah, what you're so talking he, about. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So let's just say that the 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 that your impediment was a tail. You had a you had a malformed. Oh, I can deal with that. and you had a long he does, tail. He deals with that every day, huh? Mike? Okay. So the question is: Would you rather be uh, physically challenged somehow, killer personality, which I for some reason relate to dramatic or profoundly, or 
Uh, gorgeous. Bad personality. Which I've seen both. I'm going with the That's former. True. Well, we're on radio, so nobody can see us. Yeah. So we've got radio yeah. faces. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. No, we you, all are. you guys <laughs> all look great. Okay, I'm going for, I, I'd rather be good looking or uh, average or whatever challenged with a, a good, good personality. Pretty. I'm opposite. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? I'm with Matt on this. One. I know. I'm yeah. like, you're true blue. Shallow Jess. I, I could have told you that like way before you Mike, even where, thought where it. Where do you fall on this? I already said. I, I, you know, we're on radio, so probably I'd go with the great personality. Wow. I'm not gonna be on radio. Okay, we James, just like to get. What do you think, James? Jess. Yeah, I'd definitely go with the personality. Okay. By the way, last time we were all together and Jess was alone, <laughs> we lost yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl. So, I'm the winner. Okay, I guess. you guys, you can get really good jobs just by being hot. It's, it's true. People yeah, like you. Kind of that is yeah. not why I got this job. No, it's not. All right. I meant that in the best way possible. <laughs> Awkward silences. <laughs> that is good. Okay, give us another. Would you rather? Okay. All right, this one is really funny. You have to lose an organ. Okay. So, would you rather lose an organ? Which organ? Brain, heart, or skin? Which, Which organ would you rather you can lose? Live with with any of these. You, let's say you're going to live either way, anyway. But oh. you know you have to lose one. So I have a bad personality, anyways. So I'm just going to lose my heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say heart on that one. Wait, is this metaphoric or is this, this is for literal? Like literal. Can it be replaced oh, okay. by some like more advanced yeah, version? There is an advanced version, but it's about the size of a. 67 Chevy. Man, this is great cuz so you, you, you win either way. The heart or the brain. So if if you got a if you're missing a heart or a brain, you got to drag stuff around with you. Well, don't you get like a robot brain? Aren't you like no, a cyber? No, that, no. Dang no. Cuz I was going to say that's super cool. Like if I had like one robot arm. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. I would get dates no, your all brain, the time. you'd have a big open head, a big gaping head, and you'd have like jumper cables hooked to your brain. <laughs> and if you if you're missing your skin, yeah. you'd you'd be in a wheelbarrow. What? You'd have all your innards in a wheelbarrow, and, and you'd have an aide pushing you around. Matt, these are all terrible. So pick one. Um, I was hoping battle armor. If you didn't have skin, like that'd be really cool, like an Iron Man. Yeah, suit. no. So you guys watch too many cartoons. Is there any <laughs> advantages to any of these? No, no. None of them make you superhero or superhuman. You're just average, but now you're carrying around a '67 Chevy. I'll take that one. Man, I'm going with skin. I want to be in a wheelbarrow, and I want a nurse aide, and I want her name to be Stacy. Oh dear. I feel like we should move on to the next one. <laughs> no. A wheelbarrow. I'm just it's saying. Just the just, images that are coming. Yeah, I just wanted everyone to get a good image. A big pool of mat in a wheelbarrow. Skin schmlin. Yeah. Give I'm us really another one. Ill. I'd pay to see that. Would you rather what? Give us okay. another one. These are easy. Would you rather um, have a good love life for 10 years or just have a good friend but you never fall in love for 60 years? Wait, what happens at the end of the 10 years? Oh, we get married. So they be die. married. Oh, have, yeah. a, have an incredible, profound love life. And then they die after 10 years. And they die after 10 years. Or, so you've known your love. You've known virtually your soulmate, if you believe in fulfilled. that. Fulfilled. Everything you have ever dreamed or of Or you marry a friend that's great. They're nice. They're wonderful. And you have them for 60 years. <laughs> but they're not like... I'm going for B, the 60-year friend. As am I. Me too. I would go with the 10-year yeah, passionate you're romance. Oh, that's pretty romantic. No, it just, no, I mean. Ladies, one eight five five chat BYU. Feelings. I He's mean, looking for a 10-year. That's, that's what living is, right? See, that's good. You got to experience the good and the bad. Yeah, I agree. You'll love that. James? I'd have to go with the 60 years one because yep. I feel like it could have evolved into the 10-year situation. Ooh. Guys, I'm going to win the Super Bowl here. 
<laughs> no. Nope. No. Just 10 years. Say and just 10 I mean, years. That's, great. And that's then great. 50 years later, we'll all still be happy. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> this is. This tells us a lot about each other. Yeah. I'm very so conservative. You know Here's this. one. Here's one. Would you rather be really smart, but you can't communicate, or dumb and have a lot of friends and you communicate fine? <laughs> B. Really? Totally. Because if. It doesn't matter. If you're dumb, you don't know you're dumb. Yeah, I don't and know what it's you like. you have tons of friends, so you think you're super popular. By the way, that's called Hollywood. <laughs> I know. I was going to say. Ho- that's half a Hollywood. Not all, all of Hollywood, time. but that's half a Hollywood. Right there. That is – that's – anyway, that's pretty much any TLC show. You were going to name names. I was about to name names. I'm not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to. We've No, we shouldn't because we've got some people that went on from some of those shows yeah. on – so, we no want... names, no names. What would you do, Merritt? Um, this is a really interesting Dumb question. with friends, kind of smart alone. It. James. I, I think I would have to go with the, the uh, dumb with friends and stuff because, I don't know, I feel like the first one would be life full of frustration because you wouldn't be able to communicate anything yeah. and that would be extremely frustrating when you have yeah. so much to say. That's but probably you, most geniuses, you, right? Yeah, you could invent a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. Like, and you could yourself. make, right. you could change the world. People would like you. You just couldn't. No, they wouldn't like yes, you. They, no. Yes, they You'd would. have no friends. If you can't iPad, communicate. If you didn't have, I bet, if By Steve way, Jobs couldn't communicate, he'd still. No, but watch, if you're a scientist and you, and you change the world, but you can't communicate, you're not going to be able to help people because you have to communicate what you've created in order oh, to so get it out there. Oh, so they understand it. Yeah, so you're useless. Either way. Yeah, you could write it down. No, so, no, that's a form no of communication. communication. Yeah. No communication. You can't write. You're not an author. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to go dumb with friends because yeah. as much as I like thinking, and it would be really cool to be smart. Dumb with it's friends. Not well, worth igno- it. ignorance is bliss. You'd exactly. be just happy. You'd think you're smart. Hey, no, you wouldn't. I made the a living that way. It's not a bad way to go. Dumb with friends. The game. Would you rather? Thanks for playing. Hey, that's the show. We are done. We're out of here. We are gonna go get Mike Pond married. If you're interested, now that Mike wants a 10-year romance full of love and excitement, and then I guess he'll pass away, one um, 855 BYU on that. Go check out the Matt Townsend Facebook page. Just look up Matt Townsend, like us, and we're going to be posting a picture of his hotness, Sir Michael Pond. Uh, we'll do that sometime later tonight. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, helping you find the good in life. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to BYU Radio.